When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to episode 46 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. I'm in studio today with... Mick Sterling. And Andy Rampernard. And Tommy. Yeah! You finally got last chair. That's there cool. Go. I got last chair. We'll be right now back after this really exciting announcement from this really cool sponsor. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. All righty. Car Selling Secrets, local music legend and philanthropist Mick Sterling joins us. I thought you were going to say a local music legend to me. Yes. No, yeah, I'm, Doug's I'm not as legendary Two as music Mick. legends here. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> he has the distinction of being the only guest on the podcast to almost totally miss it because he, he he got the time zone screwed up a few months ago, and we teased him about it. I'm He's against like, time zones. I really want to do understand. this again. You know, I said, dude, it's, it's a stand I have to take. China's got one. they got one time zone. <laughs> yeah, they know it worked out for them. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, abolish time zones. Makes things so much easier. I it's agree. a noble fight. It really is. It is, I agree. <laughs> Mick, we always start people off by telling the story of their very first automobile. Do you remember what it was? And if not, just make something up. Well, it really, is this a question? Yeah. Because honest, this is honestly what happened about a month ago with a 30 days donation. I got a request for somebody that needed a car repair. And I sent... I sent an email to this um, to this dealership in Brooklyn Center, uh-huh. and the person's name was Dan Dingman. Do oh, you know Dan Dingman? Yeah, 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 yeah. He worked for us for a long time. So I, I go, this is amazing. I bought my first car from Dan Dingman. It was a just a horrendous uh, Dodge Omni Horizon. You remember those? Oh, just uh-huh. yeah. awful. Yeah. And, and it was a stick shift, and I didn't know how to drive a stick shift. It was horrendous. So I'm thinking this is the same Dan Dingman, but it's his son. It's his son. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it yeah, was Dinger's That's so funny. Yeah. 45, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe closing in on 50. Yeah. Dan Dan was my dad's boss when he worked there uh, back in, well, whenever in the 70s or So whatever. he had an Omni stick. My wife's first car was uh, the Mitsubishi version of it, a Mirage, and she she bought it not knowing how to drive a stick either. Oh, God. Hey, wait a minute. Can I tell my driving a stick story for the first time? Sure. Go it's ahead. It's a true story. Yeah. So we're at a party, my friend Lyle Johnson. Unfortunately, Lyle's no longer, like most of my friends, no longer with us. Man, I've had a lot of friends. Well, you grew up in North Minneapolis, your friends are going to die. Yeah, yeah, that's right. just yeah, yeah. how it is, you know. But anyway, Lyle comes to me. Lyle's like 6'6", probably about 320. Huge guy. He comes to me and goes, hey, Catman, would you drive me home? I've had too much to drink. And I said, 
Yeah, I don't have a driver's license, but, you know, North I've never driven a car in my <laughs> life. Don't let that stop you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this true story. So, so we get in his car, and he goes, you ever driven a stick shift? And I said, no, I've never driven a car. So oh. he's like, oh, okay, well, it's not that big a deal. And he shows me what to do. So I drive him home, it's a couple of miles, no problem. I got zero problems. I go, why do people have such a problem with stick shifts? <laughs> then I realized it was all downhill. <laughs> God. Isn't that phenomenal? I, I, when I, when I did it, I was stuck easy. at a stoplight. I had my three friends on the back, and I was stuck at a stoplight for six turnarounds. Of this, oh, and I'm, no. I'm, I'm laughing so hard. They're screaming at me, and these cars are just enraged at me because I, I just couldn't do it. It was so funny. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> the, the, the next time I drove a sticker was not quite that easy. <laughs> Believe me. Oh, God. That's great. I, gotta, I do have to ask you, Megan. What yeah. age did you realize you could sing? You know, I mean, when I was five, you know, I used to love to sing, you know, the monkeys and, you know, and so I I knew that I could, I knew I liked it and I knew that I had an affinity, you know, to do it. I I could hit the notes and, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was fun and I liked it. Um, I first started playing in high school in bands. And then about 1980 was the first band that I, you know, my first actual professional band. 40 years ago. 40 years. I'm old. (laughs) <laughs> well, it was so funny. I, I was playing at the Chanhassen uh, at the Fireside just last year, and mm-hmm. uh, and I realized it actually on stage between the song. I went, wait a minute, today's the day. I've been playing. Really? I've been playing for forty years. I've been playing today. Mustang Sally for forty. It's crazy. Years. It's just crazy. That's it's wonderful. Gone, yeah, it's gone fast. It's better than working, man. It's like being in radio. It's not working. Well, you know, it's it's certainly a difference. You know, I always kind of have this thing of you know musicians play. And people work. Mm-hmm. You know, those are two mm-hmm. really different words. Yep. You put time in, but people don't perceive, you know, radio or or, or musicians as working because right. they always say, well, where are you playing? Well, those mm-hmm. are two dramatically different words. That's very true. <laughs> you know, I, I so. played with a bass player that said, I play for free. You pay me to set up and tear down. That's right? exactly that's it. a pretty good way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, like that's that. exactly it. That does make sense. Yep. Do you remember what the first song was that you sang professionally? 1980, I'm Professionally? Uh, well, actually, that first band was kind of a variation of the Stud Brothers. Um, oh, okay. So we did, it was a big horn band, so it was probably like a vehicle or, you know, Ides of March, like, you know, something something Chicago or Southside Johnny, something like that. God, I just talked to him the other day. What the hell's his name? The lead singer from Ides of March. What the hell's his name? I just talked to oh, him really? like a oh, week okay. ago. Nicest guy in the world. He was 17 when he sang that song. Oh, no way. Seven. Andy, would you look it up? Well, the guy that did Lead the letter singer. was 16. That's his, that was that. his voice at 17? I know. I'm your vehicle, babe. And, like, you're 17 years old. Well, That's the problem just... is there's been about 20 people in that band. So. No, yeah. he, he, I'll just list them. Uh, uh, wow. It's Jeff. He was um, 17. Yeah, he's from Chicago, Illinois. Larry Millis, Jim Peterick. Jim Peterick. Peterick. Jim Peterick. Peterick. Jim Peterick. He no was one the lead singer. Yeah. What, what, what other band was he in after? He, he was in 38, not 38 special. Yes, he was. He was with 30, and another band, too. He was the founder of Survivor. 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 There you go. Jim Peterick. He sang Great Vehicle? Guy. Yeah. Yes, oh, my did. God. I had no idea. I didn't either. And until he's I 17. Him last week. He and was he co-wrote Eye sick. of the Tiger. Yeah. Well, I know that. How old was he when he sang? Does it say? Uh, he was vehicle? four years old. Let's see. He was 20. Oh, he was 20? Jeez. Well, I mean, it was released when he was twenty. So. Oh yeah, but he's saying it. Yeah, apparently he's saying it the first time when he wow. was seventeen. That's isn't that a great story? That's just, crazy. By coincidence, you bring him up, and I just talked to him last week. Nicest that's like guy a, in the world. That's like Rod Stewart's voice yeah. when he was that young. Yeah. Like, how could you sound this good? I know. All you guys are like barely over twenty. Well, Those the faces they had to be. They just yeah. barely over twenty. Did I'm a man? I think he was fifteen. He was like fifteen. Yeah. Oh, that's really discouraging. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of talent. That thing, some people, that some people are born with it, and some people have to yeah. work for it. Yeah. I want to hear what Prince sounded like when he was like eight. Yeah. You know, it's so high frequency that the human ear can't. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, dogs really dug him. Yeah. Nick, over the years, you look at the great singers that have come out of Minneapolis bands, though. Man, yeah. Minneapolis had a lot of great singers. Well, you know, Minneapolis. Always did and 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 still does. Yeah, you know it's it's one of the, I was it's one of these things that I have of you know people take what we have so for granted, you know and sometimes you know when 
in some of my bands, people give us a great response. And because the band is so good, it's really yeah. good. And I and I kind of jokingly go, "Thanks for this. What? It, how much better would we have been if we were from San Francisco right, right. now? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a perception of the hometown thing is not as good as somebody from out of town. But you know, no one's from national. Everyone's from somewhere. You know, right? They, every everybody's a local band in some yeah, way. Well, that's right. It just happened yeah. to be touring at the time. It doesn't make you better than the Minneapolis band just because yeah. you're from not not from the town. The talent is yeah. pretty deep here. Though when I have it friends visiting it from is. out of town, some of them are, that are music fans go, "Hey, um, I want to go catch a band tonight. Where should I go?" I always tell them, "Just go to Bunkers." Yeah. Well, who's playing? It doesn't. It doesn't matter. matter. Everybody that plays there is great. Yeah. You don't get to be shitty and play there. Well, when I first started playing in town, it was you know the Lamont in their heyday. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Doug Maiden band was seriously one of the funkiest yeah. things yeah. I've ever seen in my life. So sad. That <laughs> version of that <laughs> band. I yeah. went to school with uh, Margie Cox, and I, when yeah. she started playing with Doug, and basically did, we're doing horn parts, her and Melanie. Well, Rosales. her and and they were just so in sync. Yeah. They just knew what they were going to do before they even talked about it. It was just that I used to. We played in the back room at Mister Nibs. Remember that place? Yeah, absolutely. And they played in the main room. Steve Rate mixing that thing with Vandell and Bouchier and John De La Salva and Margie and Mar- Melanie. I'm going to tell you a funny story about ever. John. A, a good friend of mine who's a, a musician, he played at the Shout House for years until it shut down, but he can play anything. He yeah. goes, hey, I uh, want to have you out for beers with uh, me and a guy who's playing at my church. I think you'd like him. You got, he's a really good guitar player. You guys have a lot in common. I'm like, yeah. okay. So we, he's in Hastings. We went down there and... It's John De La Selva, and I said, yeah, I don't have anything in common with this guy. <laughs> Other than like, we can both string guitars properly. Yeah, no, he was a, I mean, he still is a freak, but I mean, that 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 version of that band yeah. at that time, to me, that's the funkiest thing I've ever seen in town. It was just so deep. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So great. What did Mr. Nibs become? I was trying to, it's, what was that, on 26? It became Mirage. Yep. It became Mirage. It became okay. Mirage, and then uh, I think it was, then it was a bakery after that. Oh, like, it was a bakery. Yeah, they turned it into a bakery. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it still is. I don't know. I've I been around there for a while. When I was at Capitol Records, I remember, we had the Tubes and Duran Duran in town at the same time. Yeah. And I was traveling with Duran Duran. It was my job at the time. And they were at... What the hell's the name of that? It, 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 there was a there a club on the corner of it was like twenty fourth and twenty fourth in South Minneapolis. Well, Duffs, Duffy's, Duffy's, Duff, yes. yeah, Duffy's. But what yeah, that was right it, next it to Nibs. Else, though. Yeah, it was right next to Nibs. It was right next to Nibs. Yes. And Duffy's became on fire at one point. I don't know I if that club turned on. One of them, there had some insurance lightning, I think. Anyway. The weird part of that day, <laughs> and I'll never forget it, because Fee Waybill was the nicest guy in the world, and Simon LeBon and I got along really nicest guys. Yeah. Terrific, right? So I get a call from Simon, and he said, call me back. I want to go. I want to go see uh, Tubes with you. And I'm like, okay, because they were playing later, right? Yeah. So I call the hotel. <clears throat> And I said, uh, Simon LeBon, they go, you're going to have to know the, the code. I said, what? He goes, yeah, he's got a code. You, you have to know the code in order to put, for me to put you through. And I said, okay, wait one second. Guest number one. She goes, that's it. Because oh. <laughs> they always use guest number one. Wow. It's like, gee, that was really hard to figure out. <laughs> so I go over and I pick up uh, Nick Rhodes yep. and Simon LeBon. And we head over, we watch uh, Fee Waybill and the Tubes over at the Northrop Auditorium. Yeah. Then Fee Waybill says, well, I want to go see Duran Duran. So I took Fee Waybill over to uh, Duffy's, which was, was it Duffy's at the time? It, it, that would have been a club that they would have played if they yeah. were doing clubs. Yeah. For I sure. Remember, Duffy's, and then it, and it was named after a movie star after that, wasn't it? Norman, uh, no. It was, it was Norman, Norman, Norman Jeans. Norman Jeans, I think, for a while. Was, was it, it Norman yeah. Jeans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't remember which it was, but it was... One of the most fun days of my life, going around with you know Duran Duran to watch the tubes, going around with Fee Well, the we That's a good to night. Duran Duran. <laughs> I look back at that and I go, I have had the luckiest life of any living. I mean, a kid out of North Me, I've never even finished high school, and here I am doing this stuff. So yeah. when the COVID stuff happens, I go, Yeah, well, it ain't that bad. Yeah, you know, the life's been pretty good. It's it's a uh, that's a good night. Oh, it was so much that's fun. That's a hell of a it night. It was unbelievable. Yeah. 
but I would come around and see you guys just kicking ass. It was mm-hmm. a, what a great, this town is phenomenal as far as music is. It, it really it's is. Really it great. really is. And and the, the community is really supportive of each other. And, and, uh, you know, I just did this for during this you know, shutdown. I, I did this thing called the relief sessions and it was a streaming. Um, we had five, five, acts that would do a 20-minute performance and people could donate to them during their oh, performance. Yeah. And we did it with uh, QCTV, this North Metro cable station. Yep. And it was so great. I mean, every, you know, the 30 different artists, they did all kinds of debuting original stuff and it was very uh, eclectic. It was great. It was great to see what they did. And it, and it supported, people really supported it. It was great. I've spent a lot of time on Facebook in the last couple of weeks because so many of my friends and people that I know are, are musicians and they're just live streaming sure, all the streaming. time. Yeah. You can just there's a, my my favorite guitar player. I don't know if you know him. He's a just a wizard from Wisconsin. His son plays drums with uh, Dylan Salfer. Yeah, Dylan just did the relief sessions last oh, week he did. or two okay. weeks ago. Yeah, so uh, he's a freak too. The guitar, this guy's oh. named Greg Cock, and I just saw okay. him at the Fine Line. He's just monstrously yeah. good, but he's live streams all day long. He works yeah. for Wildwood Guitars, and they, he's got signature series stuff, and he'll just play constantly. I said, "Well, that is how you get to be a really good musician. Is you just play all the time." Some, some and it's kind of cool to see people at home when they're not really performing; they're just having fun. And some of the people have done it really well. Like they've really honed it in, and 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 they've actually done financially well yeah. during this time. It's probably way more time-wise. They're making way more money in a half an hour than they made in four hours or five hours at, at yeah. a gig. You can't so. blow it all at the bar either while you're here at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very true. Yeah. Do we very, get paid? No, you guys actually owe us. <laughs> Damn it! Yep. We should take a break here. We'll be back though. All right. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customer? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, Perfect. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. We are back with Car Selling Secrets. Special guest, local music legend, national music legend, international singing sensation, Mick Sterling. <laughs> I like it. How do you like that for build-up? They could just go on and yeah. on. <laughs> mom, mom, listen to this. Mom, yeah, really. mom, check this out. Mom. <laughs> Mick, uh, I, I don't know if a lot of people know about uh, your non-musical endeavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is kind of how we connected a few months ago yeah. through our foundation. Why don't you tell us uh, what it's all about and what you're trying to do and, well, and I, go ahead and mooch people for donations. Yeah, well, it's actually kind of a good day because I'm announcing something tomorrow okay. uh, about it. But um, about 11 years ago, I started this thing called the 30 Days Foundation. And what it is, it's it's a... It's for Minnesotans that are in real-life financial crisis. We provide them with a one-time grant 
but the difference is we don't we never give the money to the person it only goes to the service provider that needs payment so it's you know it's very unglamorous things like utility bills and back rent and first month rent and medical bills and school clothes and i mean all those things that once you start falling behind on those basic things like dominoes that's when you get evicted that's when you get your car repossessed and it, it always starts with one or two things and if you can stop it after a couple of things not everybody but the majority of people just can't kind of catch their breath okay i'm good now i got my phone bill paid i got this paid now i can address the other things that so that's so that started 11 uh, almost 11 years ago wow. and uh it's been amazing What's the website? And if people want to give you uh, stuff to yeah. donate, how do they do that? Uh, www.the30-daysfoundation.org. Okay. So it's a, yeah, it's it's a it's a really good thing. We have about fifty or sixty different charities around the cities and the state that reach out to us if they have a client that they've helped, but their client may need something else that they don't provide. So we can do that when we have the funds available. It's it's pretty streamlined and quick. So what's the big announcement tomorrow? Can you push it ahead to now? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. It's, you're, it's, you're, this is a worldwide audience. I mean, we've got, well, there's one guy in France. Yes. Because he's got France. a bad computer. He can't figure out how to shut it off. Well, it, it's kind of a continuation of what 30 Days does mostly, you know, paying utility bills and paying eviction. And during the shutdown, you know, nobody can get disconnected utility-wise. Nobody can get evicted. But when the phase, then the shutdown starts phasing out, those disconnection notices, those eviction notices are going to start coming out again. Mm -hmm. So I have this thing called Stand for Minnesota, which I, I can't even believe that website was even open, but it actually is. And this all just came about like three days ago. So the concept is the simplest fundraiser you could possibly do. Just stand up, use your phone. Text 76278 and put relief in there, and you have a choice between donating a buck or 10 bucks. Support is, on a scale from 1 to 10. This is Stan from Minnesota, and you're using this to fund the... Yep, so all the funds will go, will go to pay for those specific things, utility bill disconnections and eviction notices. Obviously, you can't pay for all of them, but you can make a payment. Most of the time... You won't get disconnected. Most of the time, you won't get evicted as long as they know something's coming. Right. That's that's the right. thing. Landlords aren't the bad guys. Landlords need to get paid eventually. Right. Yeah. Just, you know, companies need to get paid. But if you can not run from them and actually say, okay, well, I can get you 150 bucks. Will that give me another month or $200? Will that take care of back rent? Landlords don't want to evict people. Right. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. It is. Yeah. They don't want to do it. And most of the time, they have great relationships with the people. They feel bad about it. But eventually, everybody's got to get paid somehow. So that's, that's what I'm hoping will, will happen when these, when these notices start coming. And they will. If we can get ahead of it, you know, we might be able to help a lot of people. And it's such a simple way to donate. And, yeah. really, and if you know, thousands of people donate $5 or $10, that's a good day. So it's going to be on one day, Saturday, May 15th. It's a 24-hour fundraiser. Okay. StandForMinnesota.com will be the site, and uh, all the information will be on there. And I hope it's going to be a success. That's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty simple. You know, that's one of the many things. I'm, I'm not from here originally. I was born in New England, but I've lived here almost all my life. And that's one of the things I love about this state, the, the people – People give money here. They help people out. They, they do. Don't, they really do. They don't walk yeah. away. We've they really do. We've been involved in a bunch of different charities, and it's it's really pretty, uh, it's special. Yeah, I found with 30 Days, you know, when people hear about it, they like the fact that it, it doesn't go to the person, that it just pays the bill. That that seems to be a nice, you know, like a head nodding moment yeah. that Tom's doing. That, yep. that, that no, I call no it, it's, it. It's the head nodding moment when people go, oh. I like that. That makes sense. So my wife is a sucker. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Honey, if you're listening, let me uh, let me back that up. My wife is a sucker. She <laughs> works for a church. She's yeah, like one of that. the the warmest, uh, large-hearted uh, people that I know. And when we're in cities, oftentimes that have a lot of homeless people, like San Francisco is a great example. Sure. She'll never give anybody money. But if we're at a restaurant, she'll always order something extra and then give it to somebody. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, really, you know? yep. that's smart. 
Yeah, and I didn't Although really set it up like that. Some people, some of these street people are a little picky. Oh, what is it? Well, it's what a, is, is it? it? Is it medium rare? It's like lobster thermidor, <laughs> gross. <laughs> I'm not eating that. <laughs> not not again. Not Please. again. <laughs> you can just escargot. Yeah. Anyway. You know, it's so funny. I want to mention very, very quickly because it just happened a short time ago and it just man, popped right into my head. What you're doing is very, very smart because if you just give it to people, people cannot control themselves. No matter how much they want to, they can't do it. I was talking to a guy out in New York and he got a call from a relative. That said they needed, uh, you know, a few grand to get by. You know, i got to pay my rent. i got to do this. i got to do that. If you could just lend me, you know, a few grand and I could pay you back, you know, 30 bucks a month for the next 10 months or, or 300 yeah. bucks, whatever the hell, three grand for 300 bucks a month for 10 months, whatever. <clears throat> so he does. He gives us three grand. Finds out about two weeks later, her son's in Japan for some reason. She gave her son the money to oh, go my to goodness. Japan on vacation. Hmm. Like, you can't just give it to the people. Well, you know, you it, can't do it. I didn't. I didn't set it up like that necessarily because I don't trust the person. No, I understand. But but if, but if like if, you know if I if my car broke down, right? And you go, I tell you, and you go, hey, well, how much is it? And, and I say it's five hundred bucks. And you go, you know, on Friday I'll give you five hundred bucks. Right. Well, on Wednesday. My water heater breaks. Yeah. Now I know yes. I'm getting 500 bucks from you because you generously offered that to me. Right. So now I have to make a choice: do I fix my car, or do I pay my water water heater? You know. Yeah. It, so you you take that you or take that, Japan, that choice apparently. out of <laughs> or go to Japan. My water heater in Japan. But you kind of take that option off the table. At least you know that thing is getting paid, which is one less thing to worry right, about, right. you know. And again, I'm not condemning the the, 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 the guy's relative one way or the other. People, particularly people who tend tend to always kind of live very close to their means or are poor, they cannot control themselves. Yeah, it's a tough choice. It's really hard to do. It's a to tough do. choice. I, you know, I, I agree. I grew up in that kind of neighborhood, and I went through that period myself. If I got a hold of money, man, goodbye. Yeah. It's going to be long gone. <laughs> so I do understand exactly why you do the things the way you do. That's very smart. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice thing, and, and I really want to keep it incredibly simple. You know, I, there's no – we don't have a brick-and-mortar office. I don't have a staff. Right. It's, just, it's just like email, no phone calls. Everything's through email, so everything can be documented. Everybody's seeing the same thing. And when we have the funds, it can happen incredibly quickly, you know, and that's nice. And that's what the other charities like too because – they have staff. They have bureaucracy, and 30 days doesn't have that. It's just let's try and help if we can. Right. That is that's a yeah, great I, idea. We have that. I, honestly, I don't, problem is maybe the wrong word, but Walzer's had a foundation for a long time, and we just get shelled with requests. Yeah. So they had to set up some sort of a process to wade through them, and and I don't know if there's any other way to do it. But on that end, it it does slow things down. It's tough, it, it you know. Does. And with with a name like Walls or any any large name, you're just going to get bombarded that's with requests. Right. But that, that, that's, that's okay. That's okay. So, yeah. Actually, the woman that runs the foundation, she is a Walzer, and she's narrowed the focus down to education, which I think is smart because we are a little bit of everything to everybody. And mm -hmm. you know, we funded it with five percent pre tax every year, so. I think this year we're going to be giving out donuts. <laughs> there's, there's not going to be a lot of pre-tax for, for a little while. But anyway, Probably that's, true. That's the way it goes. Probably true. Yeah. And everybody likes donuts, or most people do. Pastries are important. Yeah. I can see that. You know, one thing I, I should probably mention is that what, exactly what you're talking about. Minnesotans are very generous people. Um, I, you could go down the list of, you know, the Walzer family. Not only in this particular situation, but the Walzer family is very They generous. are, but, the, but uh, there are other... <clears throat> Magnet, the Luthers do a lot of mm -hmm. work, great The Kowalski work family, yep. the Kowalski markets. Kowalskis yep. are nicest people in it. There are a lot of families like that. Have you ever been to the Starkey Foundation Gala? No, I have not. You ever can get a ticket? Yeah, I, I've it's, never I been. I went there. there once and I was just shell shocked. It wasn't. Do just, I can't believe the it amount wasn't of just the talent celebrities on stage. There. It's, insane. it's the people sitting in the audience, like, oh, that's Wayne Gretzky, and that's, yeah, it's, it's. I don't think they're going to do it anymore. Oh, they're not. I don't think so. Oh, that's too bad. <clears throat> they might be doing, they'll do something else, but I don't think they're going to do the gala anymore. Yeah, wow. last time I was there, um, Glenn Fry played a few tunes. Steve Martin was there. Some guy named Clinton talked for a while. Clinton, yeah. Like, Why wow. did you bring up Glenn Fry to embarrass me? Is that the plan? <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, my, no, I forget about that. You I have history of Glenn Fry. Moon. 
Go ahead and tell him. Oh, the you story. got the picture. I, I, he's going to send it to me. <laughs> so Glenn Fry dies. Yes. Uh, Rick Bourne. I don't know if you know. Rick I know Rick Bourne. Bourne. Sure. I, thought you probably I played did. one of his parties. Yeah. Back in a long, long time ago. I thought. I think it was at that party. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but should I tell us? Yes, I'll tell, tell the story. I'll tell the story. <laughs> so we have Rick on, and we're talking about uh, Glenn Fry and this and the other thing. And at the end of the interview, I say, you know, it's with deep regret that I tell you that I, I never met Glenn Fry, and I wish I had because. Uh, I've always admired his work, and I understand he's a great guy. And Rick goes, what? And I said, no, nah, I, I really – he goes, <clears throat> Tom, uh, I'm going to send you an email while we're on the air, okay? <laughs> Sends me an email. It's a picture of me and Glenn Fry, arm and arm. I think I might have had a cocktail. That's <laughs> not that bad. I mean, you know, I mean, well, to forget Glenn Fry yeah. is pretty bad, Mick. That is I mean, bad. That's, that's pretty bad to forget one of the. Uh, don't they still have like two of the three top-selling albums of all time? Yeah, I think, I think they do. California might be <laughs> yeah. number one or something. That's it is. It is amazing. That's right. I forgot. I, met, I was hanging out with them one night. Oh, that Glenn Fry. And, I, I, and it's not just we took a picture. We're like, hey, I, you know, <laughs> oh God, what a moron. <laughs> Yeah, I feel the, like uh, such a fool. Yeah, well, <laughs> the uh, right. Eagles' greatest hits is still far and away the best-selling album of all time. Of all time. But then, yeah, yeah. Hotel California is number two or three after yeah. Thriller. Two of the top three. You know, one of my favorite drum parts of all time is Don Henley's drum part on one of these nights. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. It's so tastefully band. done. It's great. Yep. So cool. He was an understated player. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't notice it because his voice is so are, great. Though, but his, though for his me drumming was amazing on that. If Joe that Walsh song. wasn't in the Eagles, I would never listen to him. <clears throat> yeah. I just I love Joe Walsh. I think. I do, well, too. I do too. Yeah. I mean, who does it? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty tough not to like Joe Walsh. Yeah. You know. Plus, Sammy Hager, plus his riffs guy. are just so identifiable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His and riffs are simple, but perfect. they're just yeah. Very intricate. Yep. And anybody that would make fun of himself in a huge song that he released is pretty cool. By what's that? What's that? Uh, that Sound City. He's in that with uh, Dave Grohl. Yeah. 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 That, that yeah. was cool when he was in yep. that. Have you ever seen one of those Ringo Starr gigs, the Traveling All Stars? I've never been those, but I hear they're just a blast. I never saw it, and I, you know, a, a few years ago I did this thing called Let There Be Drums on Harriet Island, and I had. A fifty-piece band and thirteen that drummers was just on stage. A, five years ago, wasn't it was uh, about three years ago. Okay, and I had hundred and fifty drummers with their kits, and we did the last song of the Abbey Road. Oh, we, we never rehearsed it. We just did it, and it was like one of the greatest things. I'm not a drummer, I've but ever been involved in in my life. It was so much fun. I wanted yeah. to do it again the next year. <clears throat> Ringo Starr was going to be at the Ordway. The day oh, I God. wanted to do the event, and on Harriet Island, I'm going. I'm trying to find sponsors. Going, do you understand what is happening here right now? <laughs> do you understand the chances of this actually God's coming together like up. this? And I just could not get the sponsors together for it. It's just oh. the worst. It would have been amazing because you know he would have come down. Oh yeah, he would, oh, sure, of course yeah. he would have come down. He had 500 drummers there. Of course yeah. he's going to come down. Do you ever wonder if people like Ringo Starr? If they meet the rare person that doesn't know who they are, is that a nice change of pace, or is it like, how dare you? How do you not know who I am? <laughs> I I think there's kind of growing, it, actually. There's a growing number yeah. of people because they're yeah. so young. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. And that's I, true. It, I wonder if it's nice to just be able to be like, I'm just some random guy on the street. I bet that rather is Rather than nice I am, you know, everyone's looking at me everywhere I go. It's yeah. funny, Matt. I've been watching Jeopardy lately to fight the quarantine. I love Jeopardy. <laughs> they had young people. It was a college ex- uh, show, and they were really smart. But they asked a question about who, basically, who wrote "Well, My Guitar Gently Weeps," and everybody got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of them couldn't even identify that it was one of the Beatles. Well, remember, so it, it's right. We, I mean, we got to take a break here, but all right. we'll be right back <laughs> all right. and we'll close with this for this segment. <laughs> but four years ago, they asked three, four years ago, they asked players on the PGA Tour to name one of the Beatles, right? Mm-hmm. And they asked Rory McIlroy. Who's from Ireland? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Think you know, uh, British Isles guy might know one of them. <laughs> and he went. He looked down at the ground. He looked up. And he goes, George Lucas. <laughs> George Lucas. Uh, we'll be back. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. brought up uh, billionaires i was talking about jeff bezos see what bezos doing now now what? what he's putting a 200 foot clock in a mountain uh it's going because to last he can it's going to last for ten thousand years it only the it'll only chime every millennium so every thousand years oh, the clock's going to chime it's not done yet but so far he spent 45 million dollars on it I think that's the kind of thing you should that, name like, it Rosebud. <laughs> Rosebud. Yeah, really. Sounds like Jeff has a coke habit. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. It got, this is a great idea. I know you got a lot of money, Jeff. I, I know that. Well, I mean, ten, nothing on this earth is 10,000 years old that's man-made, I don't think. I mean, not even close. No. So it's an like, you know, how... maybe, or... A thing, I, don't, I don't know. 10,000 years. 10,000 years, that's true. Probably give not. you such a crick in the neck. Um, but, like, how do you, you know, there's... Volcanoes, hurricanes, right. tidal waves. There's just you know, he's it's, just, it's yeah. he's trying to become God. You know, my presence will be known for ten thousand years. Exactly. But humans don't know how to make something that lasts. That Earth doesn't know how to make something that lasts that long. No, yeah, very true. So, but he's very day. handsome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but he's there's got that. that so what is him. that deal with that eyes like? <laughs> Probably Bell's palsy or something. Who knows? He had Bell's palsy, and his wife had a neck about three feet long. Remember how long her neck was? I don't. I don't. His first wife. Yeah, his first. I, wife. Not, her I'm, neck is like literally fifteen inches long. It's like, <laughs> yeah. What the hell is that? So here's how I misread Jeff. Back in late '90s, I started playing the stock market. Remember before the crash, there was. It was the national pastime. Everybody bubble, was playing yep. stocks, and most of us didn't know what we were doing. Oh, yeah. And Amazon was just selling books back then. And I was one mm-hmm. of the – I've been a customer of Amazon since 97. I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. And I'm checking out their stock. And, gosh, it's kind of expensive. Well, Barnes & Noble sells books online mm. now, too, so I'll buy that. Barnesandnoble.com went bust about 18 months later. <laughs> Amazon's only shot up about 14,000% since then. Ah, well. well. Yeah, Am- that's one of those things. That's why I'm in a studio in St. Louis Park with you guys. <laughs> it's one of those things where the day they invent time travel, that's the moment everyone's going back to. Yeah, there's the IPO for Amazon. <laughs> yeah, probably true. Wasn't he deeply in debt when it actually hit the stock market? I don't think it was doing great. Oh, it took it took ten years before it made money. Really? But can yep. you imagine that? You look at a Sears catalog and go, "I'm going to put that digital." Yeah, that's yeah. all he did. Yeah. I mean, good God! Yeah. Look at look at Bill Gates. It, yeah. All he did was basically put uh, system, aka OS uh, X, but old, on a IBM PC. Yeah. That's all he did. That's all he because before that, you know, Apple had had the interface, the mouse, the clicking around, and uh, old PCs. They were all DOS. They were command line. And he thought, well, let's just put this here. And then presto, he's a multi-billionaire. <laughs> so, all right, Andy, get off your ass. I want to hear it. Gotta, <laughs> what do you got coming out? It's got to combine two popular things. I'm gonna have a ham and cheese sandwich, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got cooking. <laughs> Mick, you got any feel for when we're gonna when the bars are gonna open? I, I know it's oh, it's, it's just speculative. In fact, at two o'clock this afternoon, Walls is having a press conference about whether they're gonna stay the stay-at-home orders or lightening lighting right. up the restrictions or something. So it, it, a lot of it, most of it, will probably be de- determined by that. But I was just wondering what your gut tells you. Uh, I, you know, my gut is telling me I'll probably do maybe thirty-five to forty percent of the shows that I have scheduled. This year, mm-hmm. I just don't think we might be able to get back maybe 
late October, November, really? as far as like a an actual audience, you know, maybe full audience or seventy-five to eighty percent capacity level. That's just what I I'm kind of thinking. I figured um, the first thing back would be open mic nights at comedy clubs because nobody ever went to those anyway. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. It's, it's the it's safest place people. in America. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and now we've got thousands of people lining up to uh, to perform there. Yeah, so. that's yes. right. That would happen. Yeah, I think it's you know it's going to be really interesting to see what. Yeah, to me, uh, you know, if I'm a restaurant owner or a, or a nightclub owner, and I want to open up, your natural inclination as any business owner is to make as much money as you can. Right, that's, that's why you job. started the business. Right. So you have to think to yourself, so I'm going to work just as hard, probably two times, maybe three times harder. And I'm going to potentially make 40 to 50% less because if I can only oh, yeah. let in this many people, yep. that's a lot to ask of any business owner. Well, in that, restaurants, that's, that's a, as, that's a concern. As, as a, what's going know, to make I'm, them want to keep doing it yeah. restaurants as much as they love it. You know, they run on excess profits for the most part anyway. Right, the margins really are so kind of thin. A, they are very, very yeah. thin. I, look, this whole, whole idea that everybody's going to sit the way we're sitting, restaurants would lose their ass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's just not enough room. No, there yeah. isn't. They'll figure it out. I, I mean, first of all, uh, they are finding out, and, and you know, it's – I'm not Bill O'Reilly where I say things like, well, they were on their last leg anyway. I still can't believe he said that. Yeah, like, that's an inner monologue thing. Yeah, it's an inner monologue thing. It's not say that out loud, Bill. Right. But uh, in Minnesota, has anybody near the metro area died of it? Oh, I think most of the cases new, are. In New Hope. Hennepin and so. Ramsey County. Are they? There was a nursing yeah. home in New Hope. Yeah. That, that, that was a big. Uh, 47. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot. 47 people, yeah. 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 The difficult thing to differentiate is died of COVID yeah. and died with COVID. Yeah, yeah. because enduring yeah. are, are yeah, really exactly. different words. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, if you had a week to live and then you caught COVID, you know, it, did that really take you out? Probably not. Well, yeah. I got a bunch of friends that are doctors all over the United States, and I talk to them, and they are all being told, no matter who dies or what, put COVID mm -hmm. on there. Yeah. Why would they do that? I suppose I for funding or something. I don't know. It's probably a funding thing, yeah. Probably because funding. everyone's yeah, if if you hear, oh, donate to us for COVID relief, then people are more likely to donate to it because they think that they're helping. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Whereas if they were That's just told terrible. to donate to a hospital any other day of the week, they'd be like, meh. So Mick, I gotta ask you, yeah. one favorite rock and roll song of all time? Ooh. Is there any one song that you just knocked you out? Or any one singer maybe is a better well, question. you know, for for me, it's you know, it's Elton and Springsteen and James Brown and Southside Johnny. Those those are the four big ones for me. Uh, any of those things, th those guys really moved me, and and I like I love you know I can sing them too, which is nice. You yeah, know? Oh, yeah, but uh, but I, those those artists really were my Van Morrison too. You know, yeah. those 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 artists really take me where I need to go. I got lucky and saw James Brown once at. Uh, Roy Wilkins Auditorium, I guess it was. I saw him at the Gaboos. Did that you show really? At the Gaboos, that, oh at the Gaboos. my God! That was, in, that was, was the uh, IRS. Religious. That was the IRS. Took my airplane oh, tax what? tour. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. It was so packed oh, in that place. I, I remember standing there for. There was nowhere to move. I, I suppose for yeah. four to five hours, and he came out sweating. God. He was already sweating. <laughs> it was one of the funkiest things I've oh, ever yeah. seen in my life. It was incredible. Loved James Brown. Yeah. Absolutely loved him. Yep. So, Doug. Yes. We have the rare car-related question on Car Selling Secrets. Okay. Rare question on Car Selling Secrets. <laughs> Where can I get a Horizon on me? Get your radio to E-flat. Get out and get one of those right What's the now? question? Uh, we got a listener in Iowa City with a Nissan. Uh, no Nissan dealership really anywhere near them. Will Walzer still pick up? their car and take it to some other place maybe or well uh it would depend on how big the repair is where in iowa are they because there's it says iowa city iowa I'm trying to think of who the dealer is down there yeah he says no nissan or audi wouldn't they be audi. closer to chicago than minneapolis god you would think so i don't know um just email me at doug at walzer.com and when i get uh, back home you can chat a little bit tell me what your car is what what it needs so on and so forth maybe it can help you somehow i'm guessing anything beyond you know the very basics you're going to want to take it to 
the appropriate dealership rather right. than just any dealership. But right. yeah. I suppose so, if it's just like an oil change or something, then, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, just email me and we'll uh, crack at that. We well, back. there you go. You know, Doug, I have my Hupmobile. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> I got a band you should check out. I just found these guys, and maybe you've heard of them, a little kind of a retro R&B soul act uh, out of Austin, Texas, called the Black Pumas. Oh Six yeah, race band. great name. Yeah, yeah. and the lead singer's <laughs> the lead name. singer's name is Eric Burden. Yeah, and they're <clears throat> spelled the same. Yeah, and they're phenomenal. <laughs> Bravo. He's just he's you know twenty five year old black guy with dreads. Other than that, he looks just like wow. the other Eric Burden. But check him out, Black Pumas. You you totally what a great do. name that is. Yeah. Jeez, the Black Pumas with Eric Burden. Yeah. Do you ever work with Eric Burden? The, I didn't. I didn't. I it was always like one of the Medina things. That, there was right. a possibility that I was going to open up for him ago, a couple right? times, but yeah. it never came together. But no, I never have. God, what a, what a voice. I He was on stage with us once. Oh, I know. One of the greatest voices. That was the voice when I was a kid. Yeah. I could actually hit those notes because everybody else's voice yeah, was up yeah. here. And I'm like, I'm trying to sing it with the Beatles like, well, yeah, that sounds real good, Tom. That's Some other, the song doesn't have the same charm. Yeah, it doesn't have the same charm, exactly. No, Tom makes R&D. I saw her standing there sound like a perv. Yeah, I saw her standing there. Stand there. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point, actually. I never yeah. thought of it that way. Just but I could the sing Twist and Shout. I could sing that. That was good. That was the one, because you belt that out anyway. Yeah, Eric Byrne had a hell oh, of a God, voice. Oh, God, what a voice. But yeah. he, one of the greatest lines, he's sitting up on stage, there are 5,500 people uh in the audience at, at with the aladdin then now it's planet hollywood or yeah. whatever the hell it is and we're sitting there and he goes tom have you seen the tutors as a tv show i don't know 10 years ago whatever yeah it was. i have not seen it yet uh eric uh, what about it he goes the tutors Basically, the Sopranos in antiquity. <laughs> I'm like, well, pardon me. Lovely. It's pretty well, good. Pretty good there, Eric. Scroll out the grand piano right there. <laughs> He's also about three foot one. He is a tiny Oh, guy. really? He's tiny, which shocked the hell out of me. We're talking about perspective. You would never, you hear that voice, you I would know. never think that's a short <laughs> exactly. guy. You know, that's interesting. What a nice man, though. Wow. I don't know if he's thinking all that clearly these days, because he's about, what, 80 now? He's got to be close to that, doesn't he? to 80. But yeah, his wife dotes all over him, and yeah. Eric, let's go this way now. Come on, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those deals. Wow, aren't we lucky to have been around it? I mean, just even a bit. I, I was in a couple bands when I was younger. You'd have been in a band since you were a little mm-hmm. kid, playing great music on the radio. Just very, very fortunate. You know yeah. what I miss is, I think Minneapolis, probably from the late '60s up through the late '80s, was the live music scene. And yeah. if you weren't playing, you would typically, and maybe I, it was just me, but I don't think I'm alone. I'd hit four or five different bands every night. Yeah. I'd go to bunkers. I'd, I'd spent God, countless hours in the caboose. Catch the hoop snakes at the five corner on Wednesday night. I mean, it was just it was just so much Isn't fun. Isn't that crazy? And they were at the five corners? Been, I know. Yeah. The hoop snakes? Yeah. <laughs> that place. A wonderful town for music. It's about yeah. twice yeah. as big as this room. Yeah. I know. I played that stage a few times. I was like, this is not good. <laughs> I'm not enjoying this right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I always felt I was going to fall. I only played there a few times, but I always thought I was going to fall I off. I know it. I know it. Because it's really skinny <laughs> in a really was. high stage. Yeah, it was unpleasant. A terrible room. The mm-hmm. ceilings are 40 feet high, but fortunately they're lined with tin. Yeah, there was this place in Rochester when I first started playing called Fafs. Do you remember Fafs? I remember that. The ceiling was like to my oh, head. Oh God! Full of smoke, just like I think I'm in hell. <laughs> like, where, where, why is the ceiling so low? <laughs> yeah, some of those clubs, man. It's but Doug, seriously, back in the day, uh, the bands. Well, you know, you got the Owl, you got James Walsh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, some. Yep. And then, of course, Prince. I had a conversation with Prince once, and it went like this. I walked by and I go, I go, hey, how you doing? He goes. Hi. Yeah. That was our whole conversation. Yeah. It was unbelievable. It was over at Cliffy Seagulls. You, been, you know those guys, Owen Husney and all those guys? Sure. Yeah, Owen and you know, Cliff uh, and I became really good friends in the record business and all that. Matter of fact, he, his brother Bo Siegel got me in the record business. Oh. I was over at Cliff's house and Prince walked by. And he was like, I think he was probably 18 years old or something at the time, 17, yeah. mm. something like that. He was incredibly shy. Yeah. 
I mean, like painfully shy. I don't think, I think people thought he was just distant and didn't want to talk to other people. He was just that shy, I think. Yeah, well, he probably had a million things going on in his head that had nothing to do with whatever was around him. He was, you know, that kind of person. He was indeed. Good call on the guest today, Doug. Yeah, it's way better than the rest of it. Way, way better than the rest Finally, a good episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it could help. That works like a Well, it's nice when I'm actually here. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to last time. It does work time. better when you're here. <laughs> that was funny. Hey, we got two minutes to go. Mix on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Typical musician. Yeah, really. It was fantastic. Now, what? honestly, God, this is one of the parts of the job that I just love. Because, you know, I've been a fan of yours forever. Thank you. And to meet you now, it's, it's terrific. I've been around you before, but we've never yeah. really met. Yeah, no, we haven't. No. It's very, very cool. Thank so you. So thank you, Doug. Oh, you're welcome. I guess that wraps up uh, episode mm-hmm. 45 of... Car selling secrets. 46. 46, yeah. Interesting guest next week. He's the. 45 uh, is Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) There's a series. Invite (laughs) invite presidents. Right. From 1 to 45. (laughs) Well, how many choices do you have right now? Like four? Former president. You got Obama. You got uh, Jimmy Carter. Is yeah, here. boy. He's still he's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah. He yeah is. Bush. Suppose you got you got, you got Bush. Bush. H.W. is he's dead. He's dead. He, he yeah. just died recently, right? About a week after he jumped out of an airplane with a parachute. That's right. <laughs> how, cool, how cool is that? Well, like what is that? Yeah. And it's the, the very of the, definition of a bucket. At list. the height of the Me yes. Too movement, it, it turns out that in his wheelchair he's <laughs> grabbing women by the button, mm, going David Copperfield, and he doesn't get in trouble. David Copperfield. <laughs> he's too old to know better. <laughs> you know, that's the one guy I would not mind meeting. Jimmy Carter. I think it'd be. Oh, cool I think it'd be great. Oh, what a life! An honor. I know what a what, life. What an amazing life. And he's like me. He married a woman who's far too good. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same wow. story. Thanks, Pally. Nick, thanks so much. Thanks, for guys. Great Real pleasure. Thank you for thank you for having me. And that's a wrap.